it's lounge lady. I'm a lounge lady. I've already had some scrambled eggs and some mushrooms. on. Hello in the lounge, Miff Warhurst. Hello, Zanro. How are you? Can I just say, for anybody who says that you don't work hard or that either of us don't work hard, you have been busting the gut over the last week and instead of skipping a week and leaving our bang fam thirsty for more, you are literally joining us for bang on this week from the airport lounge about to fly home from London <laughs> to Australia. <laughs> Kudos to you. Oh, Oh, thanks, Anne. It's it's not a hassle though. I've already it had. Is, breakfast. Though. What a generous human being you are. I've I've already had my little scrambled eggs and a little roast tomato and some some mushrooms and a coffee and I'm just sitting here in the corner hiding, hoping that no one gets too annoyed about me talking too loudly. And um, this is all sweet. I'm super happy. Can we just paint the picture? What time is it where we know in the time that you're ca- we're capturing bang on? What time is it where you are in London? Do you think I even know the time anymore? I've been through to- so many time zones in the last two weeks because we came from Lisbon after Eurovision, flew in and pretty much have had one day in London, in Windsor, working all day and then go to bed, wake up. It's like 7.30, I think, here in London and I'm flying out at 9.30. So you got, me, you got me on the edge. A.M. A.M. What's yeah, the spread so like? I'm, Tell us about the um, the buffet. What's on board? I mean, you've had your scrambled eggs and your mushrooms. Mm, have you had? Are you going to have yeah. a little dessert breakfast? Are you going to have some pancakes as well? Ooh, I haven't even looked that far yet. There seems to be some sort of fruit selection. And now that I'm all health, which completely went out the window while I was overseas, by the way, um, the health of my, my allergies, it just disappeared. I'd, I've been in eating machine while I've been here enjoying all the <laughs> fine flavours of London Stodge. It's delicious. Um, but... Yeah, no, I think I think I might have to suss out if there's some pancakes, but there's definitely more coffee on offer. And I can see people looking at me like I'm talking too loudly. <laughs> this is going well. Just point Sorry, to yourself guys. and yell, bang fam, and they'll understand. <laughs> they'll understand. <laughs> hey, before we get to the reason that you're in London, the last time we spoke was before the Eurovision Grand Final. Did you kick on mm-hmm. at the after party? Well, this is the thing. It's such a long broadcast and... You're so exhausted by the end of it. I went. We went to the hotel lobby where we were staying and opened up some terrible wines, of which I had about three glasses. And then, you know what I did? I went to bed. I'm so lame. I am so incredibly lame. But I think, I think you know, look, to be honest, pretty people were feeling a bit flat anyway because of how things went for Jess. And, oh, look, yeah. I, th- I thought she did. I thought she did an incredible job and you just can't pick it with Eurovision. And all these people are saying, oh, maybe – you know, maybe everyone's sick of Australia because they're not in Europe. Come on, like Israel's not in Europe, and they won, and we were still in this in the final, which I think is a huge success for anyone in the world stage. And yeah, I, I reckon that that's Australia, Australians very... don't really know how to lose. We're a bit no, 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 to- totally. And it's like it's that short memory thing of like, okay, we can't, we have you know a, a, a rough trot one time, but it just completely ignores the fact that the last three entries have made it into the top ten. It's a very yeah. short memory, and I, I agree what you say. Australians don't know how to lose. We're terrible at losing. It's like what we're oh, we, we better get out. We're not doing well. So yeah, come on. what's the point in competing long, if we don't win? Game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long game and you're not going to win every year or you're not going to get in top 10 every year. It's not like that. It's, I mean, it's Eurovision. It's nuts. You can't predict it. And that's kind of why I love it, I think. But as surely as Eurovision, the sun sets on that adventure, the sun rises on another and you've been, I mean, you're leaving London now. So in like the three days between Eurovision and you leaving on a long haul flight and doing bang on again, kudos to Miff Warhurst, hardest working woman in the Australian media. You've been capturing little moments to broadcast the Royal Wedding this weekend. What have you been doing? I know. Hilario, my husband and I, I've been... I've been practicing my accents and learning the royal wave. Yeah, we've just been running around Windsor Castle, basically. It's beautiful. The weather was beautiful. It wasn't grim at all, um, London style. And we've been having a ball running around, you know, doing what I guess the the royal couple will do, getting on a horse and carriage and going down the, the royal mile or the long walk or whatever it, whatever it's called. See, I'm such a historian. I'm going to be great at this. Um, and That's what yeah. Ray's for. Exactly. Well, I'm doing this broadcast with Ray Martin, okay, and I don't know about you, but you would have grown up watching him on 60 Minutes in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's Ray Martin. I'm terrified. <laughs> what, if, what if he looks over at me and goes, you're an idiot? <laughs> no, he'll be a pussycat. He'll be so nice. But there's people, if people are in the industry that long, they're always nice. A la my experience oh, with oh. Richard, Richard Wilkins at 4am oh. last weekend. If you're in it long enough, then, you know, you're a nice person. Yeah, I look, I, I have no doubt he's a nice person, but, but still, I'm, I'm just hoping Uncle Ray and I have got some kind of uh, television magic, put it that way. We, we yet to know. I haven't met the bloke. I'm very excited about seeing that this weekend, before Hurst, The Woman mm. That Never Sleeps. Are you ready to bang on about stuff? I can hear that you were getting softer and softer. I know, I can just picture you right now in the corner of the lounge, grabbing Hiding whatever like cushions and putting them over your head. <laughs> Little ferret warhurst in the corner Little of the lounge. Ferret in the corner. I've got my back to everyone now, looking at the wall like I'm some sort of. I've been sent to the corner of the room for bad behaviour. And once again, I bring a tenuous song, song link to introduce a story. Uh, don't speak, talking about possible censorship. This story about the... <laughs> well sorry. done, Dan. Sorry. Well sorry. done, well done. I played sorry, it not I sorry. you on speakerphone when that song was playing. <laughs> Everyone loved that in here. Yeah, see, now they're on your side in the lounge. I know, um, I know. Really, really interesting change for... I mean, this is coming off the back of the... I think, um, I'm assuming it's coming off the back of the campaign in America from the Time's Up movement, basically a social media campaign saying mute R. Kelly, take him off streaming services, don't support his concerts because he's been at the the subject of alleged uh, sexual abuse claims and sex cult claims and child pornography for decades now. Mm. And people are basically saying, you know, time's up and we've got to stop uh, supporting him. And in response, Spotify have put forth this new policy called the uh, Hate Speech and Hateful Conduct Policy which yeah. is basically taken off R. Kelly and also rapper XXXTentacion from promoted and curated playlists. And this so has this caused a lot of conversation. Thing. It has, it, it, and it's good conversation. It's conversation we need to have, but they're not taken off the platform. They're still there. It's yeah. just through their curated playlists. They're not promoting them anymore. And, yeah, the conversation that is happening around this is fascinating and and even myself, I, I'm not entirely sure 
how to feel about it because we've had this discussion before, haven't we, Zan? Do we divorce the art, divorce the art from the artist? And mm. I think as the longer we go through, I, I find it more and more difficult to do so. But yet then at what point do we start to censor and self-censor and then kind of reimagine history as if that stuff never happened? Like is, is that a dangerous thing? It raises so many questions. Well, one of the, I think that reimagining of history and also going back into time, these are obviously contemporary artists who are kicking around now, but people were bringing up people mm. like the fact that Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old cousin um, or, you know, people often raise the David Bowie example where there was questions around the fact that he had sex with a 15-year-old groupie, which is considered yeah. statutory rape, and that was something that was raised particularly after his death. Mm. There's a lot of these questions that go on I think that when any sort of large organisation and Spotify has such influence and streaming is so huge now, when they make yeah. an editorial call, of course, of course it's going to raise a lot of questions. But then, like you say, they're entering into a really thorny world of what constitutes, first of all, offence, depending on who the audience is that's listening to it. And who, who decides. Who decides. And if it's an artist that has been accused of something but not convicted – how do you make that choice? Like it's there's a so much grey area. It, it, it was interesting seeing also um, on the ABC News website, basically ABC News canvassed a whole bunch of public opinion about what people thought and the majority of people were sort of like, yeah, I can separate the art from the artist. And to be honest, I can't and I won't. I just, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I think we talked about it again a couple, a little like last year when we were talking in the wake of Chuck Berry's death. I'm not going to yeah, drop and I think R. It's Kelly's ignition at a 21st, you know. It's not, like I'm, nah. I won't. I won't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, and I think more and more it's going to get difficult as we find out more stories of things that, these, you know, that people have done that is completely unacceptable. And I agree, I can't do it. But at the same time, I do think there is a problem in rewriting or attempting to rewrite history. Um, what do you mean but, by rewriting? Well, sort of um, scratching them out as if you know they don't exist, yeah. or what they made doesn't didn't exist because it did. And I think to to completely brush over it and to no longer look at it or consider it not not obviously in a positive light, but is to not discuss the issues that it raises as well. well. That, I mean, that's I think that's the biggest thing is that when everyone's having these conversations of should they or shouldn't they, I would hope that at the end of that little pot of gold rainbow, audiences, fans, people who are actually listening to the music who have got no say in industry or politics or yeah. the decisions being made are actually going, oh, I'm actually thinking about this. I think that, yeah. that that's the point. Like you actually think about your own relationship to artists to... and it's and it's not about blacklisting artists and going, I'm never going to think of them again and they're out of my life. It's actually about thinking. Mm. And that's what I mean when I say you can't separate the art from the artist yeah. is that it makes me think deeply about where that art has come from mm. and, and, and who it is who's making that art and what their backstory is. And I think that that's, yeah. you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of gray area. Everything that we celebrate, there's a whole other life of things that may be problematic, but we shouldn't, I agree with you, we shouldn't just blot that out and forget that that happened. Mm. I think it's good that an organisation like Spotify is setting up some sort of rules or code of conduct when it comes to that 
because this is all new as well. Like think about it from the beginning of the internet age. We've never really had rules in place. Hence, it, it is an ungoverned space. Mm. Even governments don't have any influence there. So to have some rules that will actually in the future implicate artists if they do behave in that way, in that they won't be promoted in a way that it just it just the music will just come to audiences regardless of what they do. Maybe they'll think twice yeah. about behaving in a certain way. And that could actually be quite proactive. But if it goes any further into like censoring and saying these people can't be on, then that I think that's dangerous territory. But setting up rules for um, a co like a code of conduct, I think is not a bad thing on any online platform. I mean, this is why Facebook is in so much trouble at the moment because they didn't have any. And yeah. you know, things like hate speech get through and have got through and continued, and they don't they don't really know. And it's similar with Twitter, they don't really know how to deal with it now. It is such a behemoth and it's such a, a huge area that proves great difficulty for everybody. Um, so I've I actually think a code of conduct is good, and it will hopefully make artists perhaps think twice about how they behave because it when it, you know you know what if it hurts the hip pocket that's usually when people turn around and start behaving oh, so brutal to think of it that way isn't it that you're only going to behave well yeah. if it hurts you personally human beings are awful <laughs> she says while scoffing pancakes in the lounge <laughs> it's true it's so true like you know it, and you, people have acted badly for, for centuries and what stops is what stops them usually is being caught or financial yeah. financial reasons as much you know, as we start um, this with a, t a tenuous music link of saying don't speak i think the point of this whole thing is that it starts conversation censorship is not yeah. a good thing but starting the conversation about oh hang on a minute this person did this they made that really killer song or made that classic mm. anthem but you know what they also did this and that's part of the story as well it's always good to have those conversations yep yep <laughs> Now it is uh, Fashion Week in Sydney, Miff Warhurst. Oh. <laughs> Good to know. Can I just say, for anyone who's listening who's part of Fashion Week, I've never been invited to your events, so obviously you don't know get what you're missing. Get Zan Rofer, <laughs> hashtag Zan Rofer front row. Zan Rofer front row. Get her in. Can I just get a bit of a fashion update from the lounge? I've got smart tracksuit pants on. <laughs> You know when you, you get those ones that have, they're like leggings, tracksuit pants, but they've got a seam down the front, so it looks like could be a ski pant or something. I'm sorry, are you wearing, oh, it sounds like you're wearing jeggings. Are you wearing jeggings right I'm now? I'm wearing jeggings. I'm wearing <laughs> jeggings. I am, I am hot for my jeggings and seriously comfortable because, you know, um, it's a long haul. You've got to lie down. You've got to be comfortable, but I've got a dress jegging on. Um, and, babe, I'm killing it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you're in the denim frame of mind because we have a fashion update from one of our Bang fam who tweeted this to us a couple of weeks ago. Emily tweeted us the latest in, once again, the denim family because we all know, as we, if anybody's been listening to Bang On for more than a couple of months, every great mm. piece of fashion, every moment of fashion is just a twist on the denim jean. And yeah. Emily tweeted, lace-up jeans, which are the latest in weird denim styling. I mean, we've gone all over the place. We've gone with jeans that are pretty much nondescript, just like a sort of coat hanger of a jean. These just a are, flap, <laughs> flap of denim and, some, and you called it scaffolding. That was very popular in the fashion updates. I, keep, I still keep getting tweeted about that. 
How do you? How would you describe this latest trend? Like you described it to me just oh. then. How would you describe? You know, when, it? you know when you go to the butcher yes. and there's a like a lamb roast, and then they wrap it in that plastic, but it's like a lattice plastic, yeah. and you can cook it in that, and or a pork roast. <laughs> this is what those jeans look like. They are just basically both legs are pork roast with like string twined around it in beautiful lattice work and then just a flap of denim over the over the kind of vag area it's the important amazing <laughs> there's no sprig of rosemary anywhere though unfortunately so there's no sort of fragrance <laughs> oh, well there is but she's covered that up hasn't she <laughs> the back and the back off offers way more coverage you've got full actually it's like full back coverage but then the front of it Ooh. is just that sheer and like a V going over the the vag. Um, so painful. Forty nine ninety nine, and they've already sold that oh, online, which is cheap. <laughs> unsurprising. Did you see Bang Boy sent us an incredible royal fashion update, which are the Harry and Meghan swimsuits? Someone has gone oh and printed God. pictures of <laughs> Harry and Meghan's faces, the soon-to-be wedded couple, on bathers. And basically, I mean, their faces are around where the top of your pubes would end. Mm. I mean, sorry, their lips are around yeah. where the top of your pubes would end. It's why would you wear their like stretched over your body? Why would you do that for a well-placed Harry's beard? I think because that <laughs> happens down the bottom. I think they're genius, and I'm going to wear them for my broadcast with Ray. <laughs> Well, I'll be tuning into SBS this Saturday night, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, get me a pair. Oh, I'm going to snuggle some at the airport shop before I leave. I think so they're amazing. So confronting. I know. Oh, one thing I forgot to tell you, and this is hilarious, right? At Eurovision, guess who was backstage? Who? You never get. Uh, Will Conchita? Ferrell. Will Ferrell? What? Will Ferrell, yeah. Backstage at Eurovision. I never spotted him, but he was around. Like, he literally just walked past us at one point, and we were on our phones. But I – this is this is a hot tip. I have a feeling – remember Blades of Glory where he mm. took the, the piss out of out of the ice skating scene? I have a feeling he was there doing research because he oh was there God. for a couple of days. It wasn't, it wasn't just for, you know, a drop-in and, and get some photos. He was there for a couple of days um, – and he just kept wandering around. I think he's doing research on his next movie, which may or may not be some sort of Eurovision superstar style piss take. That's, you, that's you, my hot tip. If it ain't enough that you're flying to Portugal and commentating Eurovision, going to London I mean, and doing bits and pieces for, for the world. Laurie Will Ferrell. You're bloody, you're bloody the Hollywood reporter scoop getting the Will Ferrell goss about his new project mm. on Eurovision. Miff Warhurst, is there anything you cannot do? <laughs> Seriously, oh, the thing. There was another. There was a guy there. He was huge, and he had like this amazing bouffant hairstyle. I was wearing heaps of sparkles and glitter and crazy sneakers and stuff. I actually thought that was Will Ferrell in characters, and I got slightly obsessed with him as he was wandering around. But I later found out he's like the Simon Cowell of Russia. They call him the King of Russia, and he wrote the song for Moldova. And I went into like seriously. I love the Moldova song. Look this guy up. I know. Seriously, look this guy up. He is hilarious. I can't remember his name, but I, I thought it was Will Ferrell in costume. It was that good. Do you know Zanro? This... Are you are you banging on about one of my favourite TV shows of all time, of which I still have to catch up on series four and five? I Americans? am. And you know what? You can do it because 
Yeah, the final season of The Americans is being broadcast right now on Foxtel. Unfortunately, they have delayed it three or four weeks after The American broadcast. I don't know why people mm. still do that, but that's the case. So I am a little bit behind. I'm not going to give any spoilers, though, because I just want to say I am very late to the game with The Americans. I had a bunch of friends talking about how incredible it was, and I finally got on board in the last year. So I've literally watched five seasons just caught up in the last year, knowing that this so good. season six would be the last. And it is incredible. And you know what's incredible about it? I love Kerry Russell, who many people would know as the star of Felicity. Felicity. And she's such a strong woman and such an incredible part to play in this series. But also, it's I love things about spies. It's being you know created by someone who used to work at the CIA. So you sort of get that extra edge. You think, geez, this is actually this is from someone who knows what was going down. Mm. But particularly mm. now, when it's just it's still to this day, there's this argy bargy and cloak and dagger crazy stuff happening between the United States and Russia. And this is yeah. all about what was going down in the Cold War in the Reagan era in the eighties when it was at fever pitch, when it was basically this fight to see who was going to build a nuclear weapon and who would get there first and who was going to screw the other over. And it was just this, you know, Cold War, what the Cold War was. So it's really interesting. It's a fantastic series. If you haven't gotten on board with it, if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about and you are just absolutely absorbing this final season. But if you haven't before, it's such a fascinating series and so entertaining to watch not only in its isolation as being this representation of what was happening in the Cold War, but in the context of today, it's just yes. wonderful. I love it. I love the Americans. Oh, I love it too, and I'm so sad I haven't been able to catch up. It's quite difficult to watch if you don't have Foxtel, and I'm too lazy to do anything illegal these days. So if it's not on the streaming service, I don't watch it. But um, I adore this show, and also the way they've set it to the, the 80s, attention to detail is magnificent I think in the whole show you know sometimes people do retro and it looks like it's retro from now yeah whereas this has got that that entire 80s color scheme is like tuning in to an 80s sitcom like family ties like it's got but it's not over the top 80s either it just it's not kitsch and the music as well the song choices that they have to not only like mark the time but also to really I guess echo what the storyline is just so pitch perfect I love the soundtrack for this all the song choices they make and can I say immaculate wig work as well. Yes. Everyone, everyone pops on a wig every now and then and it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You did that. That looks really good. I always think about that. It's like, because obviously, you know, they're spies and they've constantly got disguises and I'm like, you literally go out there and do your little spy thing and then you come back mm. and you just whip the wig off. I mean, that sort of stuff <laughs> takes time. Like, it's come on, where are the pins? Where Like, yeah. just, it's, a, it's a lot of work. It makes, you know, it just makes you want to be a spy, doesn't it, me? <laughs> It does, it does. I think well, maybe you are, Sam. <laughs> well, have you, you, hide, know, have you, you been hiding something? Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you if I work for ASIO because I'd have to kill you. <laughs> what are you banging on about this week? Well, I've been reading a book, funny, funny, because I've been on a plane, but it's gorgeous. It's um, Sally Seltman, you know, musician Sally oh, Seltman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's her debut novel called Lovesome, and I'm just about finished it, and it's really cute, like um, – in, well, she writes a mean song. She's she she knows how to capture a world in a song, and in mm. a similar way with this book, she she's made it. It's quite a tiny scene. It's a, it's set in the nineties. So if anyone wants to remember, you know, or reminisce about the nineties, it it's really it's really well done in terms of that retro look. Like it 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 doesn't feel 
it feels like my life in the 90s, like every reference, I'm like, oh, God, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me, that was me. But she's captured it. It's a tiny little world. It's really just based in a restaurant and based around two friends, and they keep coming back to the restaurant. So in a way, like she creates a tiny world in a song, she's created this tiny little world in this book, and it's really lovely, and I can't wait to get on the plane in about an hour and read the rest of it. There's not too far to go. Um, it's a pretty quick read, but I think she's done a great job. So it's called Lovesome, and it's by Sally Seltman. Isn't that wonderful, though, when you actually look forward to I get that feeling when you're reading a book, good book and you're like, I just can't wait to get home or get somewhere where I can finish reading it. Like you just, yeah. It's sort of like, you know, that, that binge factor, but for books, I love that feeling. Yeah, yeah, and this is really cute. And if you want to reminisce about the 90s, this is a good book to do it because I thought, oh, don't – because you know me, I'm not really much for nostalgia, but the more I'm reading this going, oh, gee, yeah, that was me. She talks about outfits and clothes and hairstyles and like, oh, yeah, oh, oh God, don't know. Lucky it's fiction, but it's not. Hey, I love that you (laughs) did bang on from the airport lounge this week. Thank you again Uh, for being such a bloody legend, seriously. I hope it was all right. Seriously, everyone hates me here now. They're all stupid because it's (laughs) filling up. It's really filling up when I literally have my back to the to the everybody here and I'm facing the wall, hiding. <laughs> I'll never be allowed in here again. I'm just getting these images of you like Blair Witch Project style, just in the corner of the room. Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> I'll see you next week, you dickhead. Bye, love you. Love you. <laughs> Hang on. On a lounge? <laughs> hey, hey guys. <laughs> what? Double J. <laughs>